Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about Father's Day. But first, a word from our sponsor. How can you teach your children to live their Catholic faith beyond the walls of your parish? One way is to engage your family's values in a Catholic healthcare option like CMF Curo. CMF Curo is an affordable Catholic healthcare ministry that's perfect for growing families and that's rooted in church teachings. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthcare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. Welcome back. We missed you. Um, <laughs> that's so dumb. Um, yeah. I did miss people. Sometimes. Um, you who are listening in Denmark, why have you not listened to the podcast again? Exactly. <laughs> um, he gave us three shots and then he just was like. That was someone in Spain who listened to like the first three yeah. and was like, yeah, no, I'm not. This is not for me. Not for me. ¿Por qué no hablan castellano? Maybe they thought they were going to learn Spanish. Maybe. And they were like disappointed. They were like, mm. I need to learn Spanish. I don't think we are false advertising the podcast. No, I mean, totally it, not. There's there's a whole a whole lot of Spanglish going on, but a whole lot. A ton. But that's okay. Un titi puchal. Take it to that next level. Titipuchal means uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a metric ton. Which we talk about how the metric system is superior to the imperial system. And how and why the U.S. refuses to adopt it. It's like the only country in the world. I'm very passionate about this topic, <laughs> as you can tell. We don't have to talk about that. This is a very weird banter. I think Titi Puchal is the equivalent of a cubit for you to, to read scripture. Oh, my goodness. I almost mm -hmm. spit out my... I think that's where it set. came from. You're ridiculous. Um, Titi Puchal. Yeah, Cubit. Okay, tell me your best dad joke. Go. Um, I, they usually just flow out of me. I know it's it's the spot like that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it has to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should ask you, Walter. Give us your best dad joke. Uh, I feel like you have a book. Yes, the one that I um tried on Deanna. Excuse me. When we were dating, and she laughed, thanks be to God, um, was, ¿Qué le dijo una tabla a otra tabla? Tabla tu mamá. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> tabla tu mamá. Yeah. My, my dad is really good at those. Okay, ¿Qué le dijo una uva, ver, una uva verde a una uva morada? Respira. Respira, tonta, respira. I think we just lost about 
12 <laughs> listeners. 12 yeah. listeners. That was a PG-13 version mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. <clears throat> because I mean, we're a family show. We're yeah. a family show. Había una vez un niño que se llamaba Resistol y un día se cayó y se pegó. I knew you were going to say that one. That was, that's your go-to. That's like my go-to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we apologize for stealing three and a half minutes of well, your We life. can always get into Pepito jokes, but... Yeah, Dude, that's, Pepito. that's the R-rated version. That's the Patreon yeah. version. They don't have That's the Patreon version. They don't have to. But the majority of them are very The majority good. of them are. Yeah, Pepito jokes are Están colorados, cool, dude. Dicen. Yeah, I used to tell those like in fifth grade, man. See, like that's the thing. When when I started to get into stand-up, it's like it's a blue comedian. It's like someone who's dirty in, in their comedy, right? Which in Mexico would be red. Mm-hmm. Colorado. So, yeah, like why would it? I don't get it. But, like why blue is... You know, and anyways, if you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, <laughs> when when I was a kid, I would that joke, right? That joke. When I was a kid, I would be like, uh, telling polo polo jokes, like in elementary school. Dude. But that, that's like thing, you know. It's like polo polo is like the Richard Pryor of Mexico. That's true. So you would listen to those tapes and learn. It's like Otto and I we still like. <laughs> We use punchlines from Polo Polo in our conversation, in our daily conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what you say, ingeniero <laughs> chingon, you know? For yeah. those who know Polo Polo, have you seen like the cartoon versions of some of his jokes on of YouTube? Of course, oh, that's of course, that's yes. so like, funny. Man. Whoever took the time to animate, oh yeah, those things. My hats off to you. <laughs> that's dedication. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever watch the Huevo cartoons? Dude, yeah. Huevo cartoon is Gosh, like, man, so mm-hmm. that is like early 2000s when everything in the internet was animated through Flash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> before HTML5. Did you do a lot of uh, websites on Flash? Not a lot. I did. I don't know. I can count them on one hand. I jumped into HTML pretty early on because I wasn't that good of an animator. Mm. And Flash was just like above my skill set. And it's not something that I um, dedicated time to refine either as a craft. One so, of my cousins, one no. of my cousins, built a business around it. Oh yeah, like creating websites. So he went out of business with the iPhone, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he he pivoted, so he no, still has the business. I know, but Flash pretty much. Died. Steve Jobs killed Flash. Yeah. Which yeah. is not a bad thing. It Pour was one a out pain in the homie. ass to animate in that thing, dude. I don't know. Yeah. When I was learning uh, multimedia in college, we were using this thing called Director. Remember Director? Mm-hmm. We were like trying to do like vectors move. What a horrible piece of software. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's like the technologist in me speaking. Uh, well, welcome back. Like, what am I saying? I now, I'm not making any sense. <laughs> I now just figured out why you started with the dad joke thing. Mm. It didn't dawn on me until this very Are second. you serious? No, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I was like, wow, Walter. Good. You know, I have been kind of like hit and miss with the segues. Either I like hit it right in the bullseye yeah. or, you know, completely. And I just look so confused and I look at Gustavo like shrugging. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Pourquoi? But yeah. Um, let's talk about dads, fathers, 
fatherhood. Uh, papás, <coughs> padres, papacitos. Padre. Yes, like, qué padre. Qué padre. What father? <laughs> For those who speak English. <laughs> What father? You know, qué padre. Y si lo dices en uh, el otro, father, what? Es papá, ¿qué? <laughs> That was a bit from a comedian in Monterrey. <laughs> you can hear all the cars. Yep. It's fine. Do you want me to close the No, people the will understand. We, we should probably just say, so we're in the garage. It's, it's, it's very Today hot. is March 31st when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. And we live in Arizona, so it gets hot here pretty quickly. Yeah. And we were recorded one episode before this, and it was burning up in here. Yeah. And, and we opened the garage door. We stepped outside, and we were like, oh, this feels so nice. So we're like, hey, let's just kind of leave it a little bit open. You know. Get some airflow. So and any background noise is just going to add to the ambience. To the and ambience it's only like, it's 75 yeah, outside. It's, it's not even that. But I my know. garage gets, it runs pretty It's warm. like little ovens, you know, garages are ovens in Arizona. So if you live in Phoenix or the metro area, North Phoenix, let's just narrow it down to North Phoenix. And you have a space that we can use to record indoors. Air conditioned. Air conditioned. Around 48th Street and Greenway. <laughs> Around that area. You know, we're not picky. <laughs> but in the within a five mile radius and 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 it's free to use. Mm -hmm. We can pay you an advertisement. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Depending on what you sell too. I mean That's true. Um hit us up. We might be interested uh for season two. Um all right. Gustavo. Kick yes. it off since you uh, prepped the notes for this one. Yeah, so since we did like an episode on Mother's Day, um, very, very important topic to hit. You know, we, we want to make sure that we recognize <coughs> both our wives and our mothers and our lady, you know, as, as uh, a mother to us all. Um, but with that, you know, we didn't want to discount fathers uh, around Father's Day, which is around when this episode is going to. Um, be launching. So we wanted to touch a couple of points that it's kind of like a little checklist for things that every Catholic dad should know about fatherhood, whether you're already a dad, whether you're contemplating marriage and fatherhood in the future, you know, we want to have <clears throat> some useful information in the podcast for once. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> But we want to make sure that, um, You, you take this and, and kind of like apply it to yourself and say, well, where, where are the areas that I'm kind of like lacking or where can I improve? Uh, what can I strive for? So this, this came from um, an article online uh, and we'll link to it in the, in the show notes. Um, so eight things that every Catholic dad should know. Uh, the first one, and we'll go through the list of it and then we'll just like open it up to commentary. Um, encounter with God the Father. So one really can't give what what doesn't have, you know? Mm -hmm. So many of us have the um, the blessing to have grown up with, with fathers. Um, as we've talked about in the podcast here, you know, we, we, we touch on, on dads when we talked about St. Joseph a little bit. Um, but some people don't have that, that in their lives. Um, but in, in either case, you know, Um, the source of fatherhood must always come from above, 
And any man who really seeks to be a good father and ignores God the Father will inevitably fall short. So we really got to be aware of how we're introducing or how we are keeping God in our lives to kind of like lead us um, in, in, in that aspect of fatherhood, to be good leaders, you know? So that's number one. Number two is conversion. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep. Do you, do you, in your prayer life, do you um, direct your prayer to, to God the Father? Both, to all three. To the Holy uh -huh. and our Cause, lady because i was thinking um you know specific prayers that we have to god the father will the mass obviously mm -hmm. um but um other than that it's like jesus it, right it is jesus or the holy there are specific prayers to jesus and the holy spirit mm -hmm. um the divine mercy chaplet right eternal father i offer you the body and blood soul and divinity of your um Dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. um, which I just discovered that because parentheses, uh, Hallow has the Divine Mercy Chaplet read by, or yeah, read led. by, led by, mm -hmm. what's the name of the actor that plays Jesus in The Chosen? Jonathan Rumi. Which we should probably do an episode of we The should. Chosen. Definitely. Um, after we watch season two. Um, but. I was praying with that with Lucia uh, this week, and uh, and I was like, it made it clicked. It's like this is a a prayer to God mm -hmm. the Father, um, which you know it's not very uh, usual. I don't know in tradition I, I i just had that realization i was like i need to tell somebody <laughs> you're welcome everybody who's listening well that's that's something to think about is a lot of times when we pray is somebody asked me this one time they're saying like who do you have a better relationship with god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and i was like hmm i feel like when i always pray i always it's i always say father You know, and I think it's because I have, like, I have a father figure in my life, and I have a, I have a great father figure in my life, and I've had a, a lot of great father figures in my life. So I feel like naturally it was so easy for me to to turn towards God the Father more. Mm -hmm. But no, I've met friends who, oh God, um, God the Son or God the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you guys, but I think that I've, I've heard. You know, especially um, statistics where the father is devout, it it has a higher percentage of the children staying in the church mm -hmm. through their teenage and college years. Um, I need to find like the link to. I think it's in the bishop's document. Is it? I think. I think so, it's yeah. probably mm -hmm. into the breach. Uh, no, the other one. The it's if it's not into the breach, complete it's, my uh, joy. Complete my joy. So many good ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If if you have a good relationship with your earthly father, it is easier for you to accept the love of God as a father or God the Father, and then you know, 
Mm-hmm. It, it always felt that it was weird, like Jesus, our brother, but y- yes. And, you know, adoption into the family of God, going from creature or creation into sonship through baptism. Um, so, yeah, if you have a good um, example of a, of a father, it's easier for you to see God the father mm-hmm. and model your own fatherhood after that. So let's yep. let's keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so number one was no, you're good. So number one was encounter with God the Father. Um, number two is conversion. A good father must always be a man that's converting on a daily basis. Um, it it says that any man that abandons his efforts to live a Christian life and who doesn't really encounter God the Father to transform him, abandons uh, simultaneously the most fundamental testimony that he can give to his children. Mm. Um, so, yes, I mean, the encounter an encounter with God is not a passive one. Mm. It's an active one. Once yeah. you say yes and let God into your life, um, it will transform you. Absolutely. You cannot stay the same. You cannot t- stay mm-hmm. the same. So, as as Catholic men, as Catholic fathers, we we have always that daily uh, um, task to grow in virtue, to grow in, in closer to sainthood every single day. And that only happens if you have that disposition to be converted on a daily basis. Because fundamentally, we are sinners, right? Every day uh, that we get up, we are sinners. And, and as fathers, we want to make sure that Conversion is and and go go into it with an open mind, essentially, to in an open heart, because we want God to convert us, because we can always get better, but we can always get worse too. Right. So you're um, not improving. You exactly, are exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which leads very well into number three: mm-hmm. to be a man of prayer. Um, the 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 conversion is going to uh, breathe uh, breaths. I cannot read conversion breath breaths prayer. I mean the, it begets right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we don't have that, it, 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 it conversion is this continuous um, knowledge of of God um, of um, you know that's a what's the word. Metanoia, I think it's it's called, uh, where it's like this divinization. And I think we've talked about this in the podcast at some mm-hmm. point, um, where um, you know, I, I think at least how I see it and, and how my experience has been with um, with conversion is God like shines a spotlight, and then I go to that spotlight and I find something about the faith, and then you know, there's another spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm tumbling through to like where I go see the light. Um, so that that has been like in prayer, you get these things revealed when you go to uh, read the Bible or, um, you know, read works from uh, the saints, the life of the saints, and all all these other things that are are revealing um, things about the faith to to you, you know, and and helping with that conversion, that prayer. And um, moving on to from in a prayer, we have <clears throat> understanding your true vocation. And us three, we're all married. So for those that are 
blessed to be married and, and have children, you must recognize that helping your families get to heaven and being good husbands and fathers, you know, not not just your your business your business career is that's your real vocation. But even further than that, it's also like a specific vocation, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, my vocation is to be married, but my vocation is my specific vocation is to be married to Nayeli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's my specific vocation. My vocation is to be a father, but my my specific vocation is to be a father to Lily and to Pia, and then our third baby that's on the way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my specific vocation, and to me, that's just. It's I'm so excited that you just said that on it. <laughs> By the time this releases, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. But you know, it's it's a specific vocation, you know. Um and it, it's it's cool how Gustavo wrote here, like, is my work serving my family or is my family serving my work? Like that's so true. That's super important because some 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 guys tend to think that that's their way of being a dad. Yeah. You know, I, I just work. I just work and that's that's my role. Our role is so much bigger than that. And it's important to work. It's right? super important Especially to work. Especially for us, you know, our our wife stay at home like mm-hmm. we have to bring home the bacon. It's super important to work. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with working, but when when work takes over the when family, then that's a problem. It has to be ordered in the right Correct. Absolutely. Um, it has to serve your family, not the other way around. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that I um I haven't uh, pursued like going through the ranks mm-hmm. professionally because I know that uh, going into like climbing the ladder and um, yeah. going up, it's going to require more of more time that it is going, my family is going to suffer. So I want a, career or a job that is going to allow me this is like work-life balance is a very cliche cliche um, term but it is very true and and you know like there are times that i get that i'm made fun of because i leave my desk at five or i am um you know offline and they're they're searching for for me again, the <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> no, I'm here. Um, there has been times where I may uh, I'm I'm made fun of for leaving because I'm like, hey, I need to. I'm, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. have dinner with with my family, and that's my thing. Just for being a family man, you know, the, you start to hear the comments like, oh, you have four children. Ah, like you don't have a TV or something. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Mind your own business, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that vocation, and, and not necessarily with you know saying that your career is not important or being ambitious is is not important, but to what end? Mm-hmm. Why are you really doing it? Is for your own satisfaction? Is because it's going to serve your family better, or is it an escape? You know, just right. be honest with with yourself. If you work because you're don't want to be at home i mean yeah that's a problem you know just just calling it as it is because there's a lot of guys that actually do that um and 
And so, that leads into, you know, from absence to presence. Mm -hmm. uh, it says in this uh, particular one, presence, not presence. Yeah. Um, yeah, so fatherhood means to be present. You know, you, you can't uh, substitute your presence as a father in the home with just gifts. That's kind of like what, what it's touching on. You know, you want to be invested in your family, seriously invested in, 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 and and want to know how their day went. You know, if you're away from the house because you're working or whatever, mm -hmm. um, they they need to know that both quality and quantity time they're going to get from their dad when they get home. So we want to make sure that we put the phone away a little bit. And when we're talking to our kids, you know, I struggle with that. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, and they call me out on it a little bit because I have older <laughs> kids. Uh, it's not that I'm glued to my phone, but I do tend to like, when I'm talking to them, I'm kind of like in with, with the phone in my hand. Um, and then we want to make sure that we marvel, you know, we take a moment and marvel at who they are and who are they becoming. So, yeah. um, look them in the eye, listen to them, speak to them about things that matter. You know, not trivial things, but really things that matter. Um, share with them how you're doing. My kids are awesome at that. I mean, even I'm, I'm at home working from home and I come out for lunch and Frida is always the one that asks me, you know, so how's work going? You know, that's such a grown up thing. Yeah. To ask. yeah, so she, <laughs> yeah. So how's work going, daddy? You know, like it's going good. You know, a couple of meetings here and there. How's, how's your day going? And when I don't ask her, she would look at me like this, like, hmm, are you going to ask me now? <laughs> so she's like, she really. So uh -oh. is she asking you because she wants to know or is oh, she asking you because a little she bit of wants, both. Okay. A little bit of both, but I do think that she's invested and in, she wants to know how I'm doing, you know? Right. So it's, it's, it's super, super, super cute. Um, um, yeah, I think that working from home has definitely been, um, an, I don't want to say an upgrade. It has a mostly positive things. Um, Because, you know, I can hear my children screaming and, mm -hmm. and crying and I can just pop in real quick yeah. and, and be like, oh, yeah, what's going on? It's definitely been a plus for me. Yeah. You know, um, and definitely presence uh, because, you know, then I, I, I would miss a whole bunch of things like Lucia is 18 months and I've been working from home for a over a year now and no se le ve para cuando. Uh, So I think that she has had an advantage in that way that, you know. She has her, you at home. Yeah. When the has, other was didn't, right? Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. get home at 6 p.m., you know. And bedtime. Uh, yeah. So it would, it would be like a very small window of time to, um, you know, one of the positive things about the global pandemic, I mean, is that. Uh, at least for, for me, has been uh, more time to just pop in and, you know, you're having a bad day at work, you go hug your, your children. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Instead of going kicking the dog. I don't know. If you <laughs> don't kick the dog. <laughs> you don't even have a dog. Was, Who do you yeah, kick? That's a, it's an expression. It's an expression. I know. Pretty no, I'm not kinking it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> damn, what's Walter kicking? He has no dog. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, Oliver is getting to the point where he's like asking for a dog. And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to have a newborn. Yeah. 
then it's like, well, but uh, when you bring Mateo from the hospital, you can bring a doggy as well. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works, son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he already has a name picked out and everything. He wants a beagle. So There you go. We'll see about that. <laughs> Golden doodle. Golden doodle. Anyways, if you're a dad, you also are picking up poop. Mm-hmm. So who are we kidding? Exactly. They're not going to be responsible for that until they're older. So, so jumping to number six, um, courage. <laughs> um, have courage to love accordingly to the according to the truth. The truth is that life isn't easy, and neither is being a good Catholic. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this means you can't be a blend-in kind of father. I love that. You know, I think it's. You what really, does that mean, being a blend-in? Well, I I think for me it means that it. You know, you're just the the type of dad that wants to be friends with his kids. Oh no! Instead of no, being no, a no, father. No, no. Oh yeah. So okay. you know what I mean. Having the courage to correct the children, to teach them, to yeah. demand them, to challenge. Them. So I think a lot of dads, either because they're trying to compensate or be, because they're trying to be relatable to their kids. Maybe if they have teenage kids or something like that, they they tend to be more their friend than their father. No, please don't do that. So that's the thing. That's something I'm still working on. Look, like my daughter today, <clears throat> like my, my daughter today called me bro. And I'm like, don't call me bro. <laughs> not you know what bro. I mean? I'm not your bro. Exactly. Pal. So having that courage. <laughs> I did that to Nayeli one time. Yeah. Go having ahead. that courage to correct. <laughs> and I, I wasn't being mean at her, but she needs to know that there's th- that respect, that that line yeah. Even if she was joking or something, I, but if I don't correct her then, then she starts doing it and doing it and doing it. Or I start talking to her in the same type of way, then she'll think that that's kind of like, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, and I wasn't doing it to be like mean or anything, but I think it's good for her to recognize that that hierarchy in, in, in that sense. Yeah, the, the thing that I struggle with at the moment, or I'm still practicing on that, is that, you know, if Lily's doing something, like has has her hand in something that she has does, you know, she shouldn't be have her hand in, or she's doing something she's not supposed to be doing. I'm just like Lily, no. And Nayeli is like, you need to like go and correct her. Like you can't just like say Lily, no. Like you have to go do something. I'm like, damn it. But know. sometimes we're tired. I mean, we are, <laughs> but I mean, that was a joke. No, man. I know. <laughs> No, but I, it's, you know, like, yeah, like, it, it's very true. Like, I can't just, my words aren't going to, like, fix everything, you know? Like, I have to show mm-hmm. action. I have to. For me, it's a two-step process. If it's the warning, if the word then... didn't get to them, then I get up. They don't get us, uh, uh, they don't get, like, a bunch of, hey, no, no, no. A barrage of the first no didn't get their attention. In my case, I'm getting up because that gets their attention. You know, and I'm not again not going over and slapping them or anything, but correcting them, like like Nigeli said. You know, like they need to understand that what they're doing at that moment either is not safe or is not right for them, and that's how I, that's how I I kind of like did it. See, like I kind of want my children to be slightly scared of me, but not too much. A healthy fear, <laughs> a healthy fear, like fear I, of I the fear. Lord. Yeah, I have done that before. Healthy fear. And I, actually, I have this really funny video of. The the place that we used to live previously had stairs, uh-huh. so Lily would like try to go down the stairs by herself, and I'd be like, "Lily, no!" And she would just look at me. I'm gonna go, 
and they would like Lily and I would stand up and she would just run back like saying, Oh my gosh. And just like run away. <laughs> I have a video. We'll, we'll, I'll put it on the show. Yeah. Notes yeah it's really funny. funny. Put it yeah, on Instagram. So yeah. Um, okay. So courage. We talked mm-hmm. about that. It's courage to be not a disciplinarian, but you know, to have your kids do the right thing and not be afraid to like exercise your power as a father. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's for their own good. Ultimately. Right. No, like, like, like it says here, love according to the truth. I mean, don't just like, like yeah. scold them to get your way because that teaches them a very poor lesson as well. Yeah. That's authority. Uh, Authoritarianism. That's a palabra. Uh, authoritarian. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like a very fine balance. You're not yeah, like it is. a cool dad. I mean, everybody's different, you know, and your kids are different than my kids. Right. And it's it's you finding that, like you said, striking that good balance. Because um, again, you don't want your kids to be like completely terrified of you. That's true, um, but I, I think that it it's also depends on the, the personality of your children. Like exactly, and it also depends on how your dad impacted you, which we're gonna get to in here in a little bit. So I I just want to get through the second ones to get to the stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You said it like it was my like you are adding all these fluff to <laughs> No, fluff away, go. dude. No. This is all good. Seven. Love your wife. <laughs> Moving things along. <laughs> so much anger. I know. We're getting so sassy today. Sassy. It's, is I was it talking be- about you. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. Never mind. Got hot in here again for some reason. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, so love your wife. So men, you must love and cherish your wives, plain and simple. Your children will learn to love others by how they see you love each other. Super important. You know, this is, I mean, we're not telling people something new and, and big revelation here. Right. They will emulate how how we love our wives. You know, if you're raising girls, you're raising boys. Raising girls, I mean, that's how you want them to be loved by somebody one day. Absolutely. Um, so you, being caring with your wife, being loving, being of service, you know, being yeah. uh, um, uh, help helping out around the house as much as we can uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. shows them also a good value in, in housework and, and being responsible and stuff like that. Um, but it shows you, it shows them that, that you're part of a team. Yeah. You know, like I, that was like modeled very, you, like you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that, with like being a team. Um, Cause I grew up watching my dad, like with a broom and a mop in his hands, you know, cleaning, picking up, washing dishes, cooking. He's a real good cook. Um, but you know, it was not like, um, I don't know if you want to call it traditional, uh, because you know, the generation before them, like my, my grandparents is like, you know, the women take care of the children and the parents are at mm-hmm. work or whatever, but it was more like, it's, it's, it looked modern, you know, I guess if you, if you want to think about and think about it like that. Is like, oh, okay, well, you know, and then that instilled in me, like, well, it's okay for men to do that. You know, my dad's doing it, and I 
I, I admire my dad and all the things that he does, uh, then I'm going to do it. So I guess I took that and internalized it to the point where I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to do laundry. You know, like when I lived by myself, like I was doing all of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't change because you're married. It's uh, you 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 are a team you need to make things work mm -hmm. together with your wife mm -hmm. so exactly which brings us to uh the last point and i think very important one um number eight be humble in any relationship of service and authority um we we can quick, quickly become aware of um uh, of our own weaknesses Um, I think that um, Havar touches on this. Like, if if you want to be in a position of authority, you need to serve. Mm -hmm. Like humility, serve leadership. Yeah, servant leadership, um, humility. Uh, you need to have that, and you know, combined with with magnanimity. You know, because if 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 we have a specific vocation with our families, we have this mission, right? And this mission is very lofty, is dragging everybody to heaven um the ones that we are responsible the souls that we're responsible for and uh for that you will require um to uh um we will require humility because we know where we stand you know before god and all of our flaws mm -hmm. and how much we need of him which leads us to like the conversion the love for our wives and, and and the courage all these things that we're talking is pretty much a list of virtues that we can that we can practice exactly and um uh, but if we if pride can get in the way of a lot of things right mm -hmm. it can spoil our plans and and you know make it uh about ourselves and not about the plans that god has exactly so check out our episode on humility Viri virtutis. Oh, yeah, we have mm -hmm. uh, 12, 12 uh, degrees 12, of humility. Uh, 12 degrees of humility is a good one. From uh, St. Benedict mm -hmm. and Viri virtutis. Is coming out uh, after this? I think so. No, before. Before? Yes. Okay. So Before, after. Yeah. By now, you probably realize that we don't record the episodes <laughs> in order. <laughs> and um, at dates that are not not um super in advance and sometimes yeah but. sometimes in advance sometimes the day before who knows <laughs> that's what you get that's what you get yeah it can go left it can go right so, to keep you on your toes guys <laughs> keeping you on your toes all right we finished the list gustavo so with that you know i mean i wanted to make sure that we hit like those points because um it's just important you know to get a refresher or if you're hearing this for the first time um Maybe you heard something that kind of like like tickle your fancy and say, okay, I can I can do that. I can start paying more attention to how I'm understanding my vocation or what is my vocation. So um, again, we'll we'll put this link in the show notes. This is this is coming from an article that that we found online. It was super good and super helpful, at least for us. Uh, but you know, for the remainder of the show, I just wanted to get into a little bit about our dads um so what was your dad like you know how did he help you become the man that you are today so for me um my dad worked 
two jobs pretty much his whole life. Like he, I think I've shared that he uh, was a teacher and, um, in Mexico you have like, a uh, you know, turno matutino, turno vespertino. Mm -hmm. How do you say that? People yeah, go to school. You go in the day or in the night or in the af afternoon. late afternoon. Uh -huh. So would, the, the first shift, I guess. Would be like from like seven thirty or eight to like noonish. Noonish, uh huh. And then the the los de la tarde would come in at like one p.m. through mm -hmm. like four or five. Five, five-ish. Um. So my dad would teach elementary school in the morning and then middle school in the afternoons. So he would just come home and be like, mm -hmm. chupomada, you know, tired. <laughs> Being with kids all freaking day long. With what what grade? Uh, mostly he would do fifth or sixth grade in elementary mm -hmm. school, and then uh, he would teach Spanish. Dude, I can totally see your dad as one of those teachers. That you know his <sighs> persona when he was teaching it was so different from uh, how he was at home. Uh huh. Um, like my dad's pretty funny, but when, and, and I think that's like both my parents are teachers and I think that's why this mm -hmm. podcast, like it's kind of an extension of their, their genes in me. Um, but, um, he is a very, a very funny man and that would like come through when, when he, in his teaching style. But then I would also experience like the very, uh, authoritarian, uh, side of my dad that, you know, the healthy fear mm -hmm. that you don't want to, like what my mom would say, something like, just wait until your dad gets home, exactly. which is kind of shitty to do. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but still, like, it would, like, uh, instill in me the fear of, of God that, uh, you know, I knew that I was doing something wrong. And then when my dad would know, like, I would get, like, the 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 cold, you know, running down your spine, the chills running down your spine, you know? <laughs> Excuse me, because, um, you know, my 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 dad has been like the strong selling type for most of like my form formative years. And then um, seeing my dad having a conversion while I was uh, in my adult years, I think that that like opened my eyes and made it so that I uh, was able to have a reversion to the faith um, because, you know, my dad was dragged to a couple's retreat by my mom. And thanks be to God, that was kind of like the the spark that rekindled the, the flame for him to make the faith his own. And I was like, all right, well, I can get behind that, you know, and um and it just so happened that once he was into that and he had a community and a group uh, because of that retreat that, that he went with my mom, um, there was a uh, an accident that my sister, um, my older sister was when uh, she was in her uh, tweens almost, that... Um, my sister, not to make the, the story very long, but she was in hospitals for maybe a couple of years. A uh, bunch of surgeries. Well, she's fine, by the way. Just mm -hmm. you're listening. Um, but I, I, I saw how my dad um, went through all of that um, and how 
in a way he was very stubborn that he didn't want to surrender my my sister to God and he was fighting for for that with with prayer you know um, and the power of prayer and how thanks be to God my sister is still with us and and doing wonderful things um, but that faith saved my parents marriage you know because there's and and even uh, uncles of mine is like I don't know how you're dad handle that because I, I would have been crying like a baby if one of my children went through all of that and I, and I think that's one of the things that um, because he has done that I feel more reassured in my abilities as a father to mm -hmm. like do that for my children mm -hmm. you know I, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't It does make a little bit of sense because it's like, okay, I am his son. So there's some of that in me that I just need to tap into in order to to do that. So that was like, that has been like the life lesson, I mm -hmm. think, of, of me seeing my dad through that lens. I'm like, yes, he, he, got, he got a lot of things right. But that part is like, yeah, he, mm -hmm. he knows how to suffer. I think that's mm -hmm. how we can sum it up. He knows how to suffer. That's awesome. Yep. How about you, Ivan? <clears throat> I think, I mean, one thing I really get from my dad is, I think <laughs> it kind of sounds very cliche, but I mean, it's, it's what I think a lot of <clears throat> this attribute is a lot of, you know, boys get from their dad is just their work ethic. Um, I mean, yeah, my dad's been working since, man, since he was a kid. You know, just he's been cooking in the kitchen like I think like over 40 years, I think, something like that. So, like, he really knows food and he's always, you know, he's held high positions in the kitchen, like as the head chef uh, at a catering company or at this restaurant. And then he'll get tired of the kitchen and stop and do something else. But then he keeps coming back to the kitchen because that's his passion. Um, <clears throat> and I think he's always, he was always meant to be his own boss. I don't think he likes, he doesn't like having a boss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's just not like that. Um, so the fact that now he gets to do what, what he likes to do with Don Taco. Um, Proud yeah, sponsor of Barbato's Catholic podcast. Wink, wink. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but it's his passion. Like he loves doing it. Um, so like the thing that I always got or the thing that I always remember is that my dad was never, you know, he, he has his demons, you know, every, what, Who doesn't? what dad doesn't, um, you know, he struggled with, with alcohol growing up and, you know, there was, he was never like a, like the violent type or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, but you know, he was, he, he was just a great dad. Um, very devoted to his children, and then he would he would he was always doing something, even on his days off. It's not just you know he's in in front of a TV just watching TV. Now he kind of does that, like he's getting older, yeah, and getting a little bit more tired. But even on his days off, you know, when he's not working, like he built our kitchen table. When you go to my parents' house, mm -hmm. there, kitchen. He built a lot of things he in the backyard. He built a lot of things, yeah. 
like a pizza oven kind of pizza thing. oven the barbecue thing outside everything in our backyard my dad pretty much made mm-hmm. like he just loves woodworking working with his hands he loves cooking landscaping all of it like my dad does it all so that like every time i would see my dad he's always doing something so and like, and like i don't know like that, that, that's something that i that I try to do, you know, it's, you know, hard work is what it takes to, to raise your family, to, mm-hmm. to support your family. And, you know, I just want to be like my dad. Yeah. Be a man of action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love it. So for, for me, um, same as you, Ivan and, and you too, Walter, I, I, you said your dad had like two jobs essentially yeah, morning and late afternoon teacher. I always admire the crap out of those teachers, by the way. When I was a kid, when I got into like junior high and stuff like that, that's when I kind of like saw that, okay, you guys are here like pretty much all day then. That's amazing. That's amazing to me. Yeah, for my dad, it was the same. You know, the crazy work ethic. My dad like worked eight days a week, pretty much. Uh, He started working since he was eight years old. Selling the newspaper, he told me that... um, they would like go sell the newspaper during their like recess in school, mm. um, him and his brother. And that, that would help support their family. Um, he was obviously totally devoted to us and our well-being. He, he supported our decisions, you know, no matter what. He wasn't crazy by the idea of me like, studying graphic design because back then it wasn't a known well-known career or way to make a living at least not that he was aware of yeah because my brothers have like engineering and like it degrees in like accounting and stuff like this so he was like i have no idea how you're gonna make a living with that Mm. but we'll figure it out so he supported me even though he was like completely in the dark about what graphic design was. Um, and that's amazing to me that he supported me, even though it was going to be again, pricey because I had to go to like, like out of, out of town for, for college. Mm. Um, so that, that type of confidence that he had in us all the time, amazing discipline, the most disciplined man I've ever met, even into his sixties, it would still run three miles every day in the morning. Damn. Wake up at five five o'clock in the morning and go running. You know, he was always I think he still wears the same size pants that he did when he was twenty years old. You That's know, that strange. level of discipline. Um my dad doesn't drink, my dad doesn't smoke. I mean, he did that when he was like a teenager, but he's always been very his own his own master, you know. Hmm. Um he loved his love his love for books, you know, that he instilled in us. Even though growing up I wasn't that much of a reader, but now I see why he was so adamant about us being readers. Cause now I'm slowly getting there. I really like and enjoy reading now and I do it for pleasure now. It, before it was just like a drag when I was a kid and in school and had to do a book report or whatever. But but no, my dad was just like super adamant about us being being readers and stuff like that so that's funny i thought that it was that was carolina Uh, it was in my later life okay but my dad when we were like young 
Mm. He would like push us so much. That's why my dad, like, I mean, he loves all of his daughters-in-law, but he he really relates to Caro in that sense because they both love reading. Like when Caro and I were dating or like when we were recently married, yeah, my dad and Caro could spend hours talking about books and literature. So Caro, ya vámonos. Yeah, I was like, sweetie, <laughs> the game's over. It's been over for three hours. Can we leave? <laughs> one more so, chapter, one more chapter. <laughs> so I, I just got to tell a quick story about my dad. Um, it, That does, doesn't pertain to me specifically, but this is, it'll paint a picture of what kind of dad my, my, my dad is. So one of my brothers um, was uh, struggling with math in school a little bit. And he, he came one day from school with like, with like an A plus in math. Um, well, own diez, no? Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad grabbed him and grabbed the the grade and marched back to the school and said, this is not right. <laughs> this, my kid didn't get this grade because I know my kid and he didn't get this grade. And the teacher was like saying, well, you know what? We kind of like averaged out like math with like PE or whatever, just, you know, because they, they needed to clear out kids from one grade because the other grade was coming up behind them. Essentially, they were trying to like give him an easy pass. And my dad was like, that is not acceptable. And my brother wasn't dumb or anything. He was just like lazy how any kid is lazy with math sometimes. But the fact that my dad walked back to the school and told the teacher, my son didn't get this grade. You give him the grade that he should get. You know, I know him. I do uh, homework with him. And I sure as hell know that he didn't get an A. (laughs) Maybe a B. (laughs) <laughs> maybe a, a high C plus, but not an A plus. Um, so yeah, so that was the the type of dad my dad was, you know, he's like, that is unacceptable to me. I want to know, like, did your brother get his grade corrected after that? I think he did. <laughs> so <laughs> he did. Me le pone la calificación que se sacó el niño. <laughs> Pero señor era un cero. Me, no me importa. Póngaselo. Póngale el cero. Redondo. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And, and he tells that story all the time, and I love it. You know? Nice. Um, and that's funny because I met your dad, and that's not like the impression that I got from him. So mm-hmm. that that's a story for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that that Christmas Eve dinner was something else. Mm-hmm. It is also like your dad, like he he tells us tells it like it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't <laughs> care who you are. Yeah, he just cares what he knows and what he can tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, I think um, Father's Day, celebrate your dads. Um, get closer to our our father, and and drawing closer to him will only bring bring about very fruitful um, and, and a virtuous uh, fatherhood for you. Go check out our um, episode eight on St. Joseph for uh, another great example of, uh, of a father, a uh, model of a father. Mm-hmm. And with that, we thank you for listening to this episode of Arbato's Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatos Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at www.barbatoscatholicpodcast.com, where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. Um, please don't give your dad's ties for Father's Day. <laughs> or socks. Or so. Well, no, I would take socks, but no. Cool socks. Cool socks. Mm -hmm. Like tequila. Tequila. Anyways. And with that, bless Solanas Casey. Pray for us. Until the next time.